This podcast is sponsored by Great White Hot Sauce. It's a small batch, handmade hot sauce, made specially for you. So if you like hot sauce, you'll love Great White Hot Sauce. It's the hot sauce that bites back. Find it at www.trygreatwhite.com. Sometimes it's good to just sit back, relax, and have good conversation. And on this episode, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're just going to let our freak flags fly, talk about whatever we want, talk about this, talk about that, talk about nothing in particular. I know, I know. Morrissey is cringing right now. But hey, it's my show. I'm free to do whatever I want. Any old time. (laughs) Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. The KOFB Studio presents Milk Crates and Turntables, a music discussion podcast hosted by Scott McLean with his co-host, Jack Calabrese. Now, let's talk music. Enjoy the show. Thank you, Amanda, for that wonderful introduction as usual. Uh, Well, you know what the show is because you're watching it. I'm your host, Scott McLean, and producer. Uh, let me get right into it. If you have been watching this podcast and this live stream, share it. If you've been listening to the podcast, share it, if you would, please. We appreciate your time. We appreciate you listening. Uh, so without for right now, we're streaming live over Facebook and YouTube, and uh, we're ready to do a show. So uh, without further ado, let me bring on my co-host, the prolific painter, Mr. Jack Calabrese. Hey, hey, how are you? What's up, prolific painter? Prolific. You're only calling me that because when we were doing our little rehearsal, I wasn't really paying attention to you. I was painting. That's right. I didn't have an intro for you tonight until right up the right before the show began. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm way behind on a bunch of stuff. I just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think tonight is one of them. So yeah, you, you, you ever heard, you know, the the term Jack of all trades, master of none, none inch master of puppets. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> As Jack sips his uh, Irish coffee during the show, and that's okay. It's it's actually, I don't know if you can see it. Can you see? It's a clear liquid. That's all I need to know. Okay. It's 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 water. Ah, oh, you're such a pussy. <laughs> hey, it's Friday night. You know. Yeah, yeah, craziness. All right. You know what? Let me. uh let me go. Let me do something right here. This is part of live streaming. Uh, there's always the technical difficulty that I'm going to deal with right now. And it is taken care of. Pow. Having a problem with the live streaming. Uh, Pow. It's, it's hitting my, uh, it's, it's not going public. What was that? Are, are you in jail again? What? No, I'm not in jail again. It's everyone around me that goes to jail. Not me. So, so yeah, so tonight's going to be, uh, as they can, if the people that are viewing, uh, they can see 
I call it the mixtape show. And that's basically a little bit of everything. We've we've done a couple of, uh, you know, uh, we did three shows on a specific topic. And I'd like to every every third show kind of just kind of shake it up a little bit, relax, nothing pressing, like throwing the tidbits out. These are some of our best shows, actually. Dude, two brothers chatting. Two brothers chatting. <laughs> okay. We don't... We ain't new, need no agenda. We good. <laughs> we good, buddy. We good. So are you ready to do a good show? I'm ready to do a good show. Jack's always ready to do a good show. By the way, Absolutely. You, got a little, you got a little props lately. Um, some people that I know have caught on to the show. And uh, one of my one of my friends actually just uh, called me the other day. And he's like, hey, I just got done listening to your 25th episode. I'm all caught up. And then he said to me, because like only friends can. He's like, yeah, yeah, that episode where it was just you, that was good. But you need Jack. Oh. <laughs> you I know said, what, Scott? You don't you know, know. I said you don't know Jack. You don't know Jack. <laughs> we, we we've been friends for forty years, and you yes. know what? Yes. As as far as we've been, I've been in Winthrop, and you've been in. The Philippines, and I've been in Texas, and you've been somewhere New else. Mexico and Northern we, California, Southern we, California. We, you know, we're we're kind of classic New Englanders that no matter how far away you go, you always kind of end up back together. Yes, yes. Which means that you need me, and I need you. Ah, oh, Jesus! You know, it is very lovely. No, stop! No, no, because next thing you know, you'll be playing the guitar. Uh, listen, yeah, you twelve minutes last last episode. You had your 12 minutes of oh, Scott. Stop. Stop. <laughs> stop. The only thing I the only the only tolerance I have for interference on your side of the show is that fucking train. I love that train. <laughs> oh, I gotta open the window. I gotta make sure you can hear it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. so you know the, the the Calabrese family is as far as we've come in life in our social circles, we're still on the wrong side of the tracks. <laughs> So, uh, all right, let's, uh, uh-oh, look at this, look at this, Scott, the IT guy, jumping right in, that a user error, okay, <laughs> he's a good, how, what's up with my graphics today, I don't care, I'm not even gonna, I don't care about the captions, so, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, th- I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of, let's start this off with a little, uh, you know, we're gonna be doing tidbits tonight, you know, okay. tidbits, um, who, and of course, this is a music discussion podcast, so it's got to be about a musician. So, who is the only person to be nominated for an Oscar, a Grammy, a Golden Globe, and a Nobel Peace Prize? That sounds like Bono to me. Yeah, I knew that freaking Nobel Peace Prize gave it away, didn't it? It, it, you know, I mean, when you're not a tall person, you aspire to greatness. You know, you're just trying to make up for that two or three inches like we all are. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. I don't know where you're going with that, but it's really not. Uh... All right. Yeah, yeah. Good, good. And, and, and Bono, you know, he, he was working on that since probably the late 70s. You know, we, he, he warmed up on us and you many more times than me. With his rhetoric and his, you know, like the edge and 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 
Adam Clayton just going, here we go again. This is not a rebel song. This is not oh, a protest. God. Whatever. Oh, so you, you mentioned something last episode. You said, what Rolling Stones song would you, could you, would you be fine with never hearing again? And I said, miss you. And it's, it's sort of true. Miss you was very overplayed. But the one Rolling Stones song that I could go without hearing for the rest of my natural life and into my into the supernatural she's so cold is a fucking horrible horrible song well you know what i i appreciate the fact that you're you're moving on from miss you because you know miss you granted may be a very popular song that's played very often maybe overplayed but still a classic, classic song. It is. It is. And again, and, and, I, she, and, she, and she's so cold. Oh, it's a throw. It's a throwaway song. But it was a hit. It was like on the radio. It was, it was MTV. Sure. Was, oh my god. Sure. What Dude, a Octopus, horrible song. Octopus's Garden was a hit. You know, girls just want to have a fun. Was a was a hit. You know, and those and those songs are, are great in their own right. But you know, those they, are fun not, songs. Those are they, fun yeah, they, songs, right? she's so cold it's just it's the stones at their worst it's all for the video it's all for the effect it was all for the so that that's my answer to that and uh okay i i like i like that answer a lot better than miss you i think miss you is an amazing song especially do you remember the extended version of miss you that came on the you know the the full length record it was the 12 on pink inch. Vi- yeah, the 12 pink, inch yeah pink vinyl the extended version of Miss You that was like, you know, 13 or 14 minutes long with far away eyes on the other side. I yeah. just I just love that. You kind of broke my heart when you actually said Miss You on that that last episode. I feel a lot better with She's So Cold. Yeah, yeah. I, I think sometimes, you know, like it's it's the one that popped into my head and it's like it is very overplayed and there are times I'll turn it off. It's not a song that I'll keep on, but... It's one of those songs, though, that pops up um, at, at, at another time, at another place, and you're like, you know what? I like this song again. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those double appreciation songs. You appreciate it, you sing it, then you kind of hear it again, and you're like, you know what? It's, it's, I like this again. So you know. I, I, can't, I can't tell you how many songs that I have in my catalog, if you will, my library, my history, where I play them and I love them, and then they just need to go away for a little while. Yeah, yeah. They just they just need to go a little way. You know, it it is kind of um, in a way indicative of like relationships. Like, you know, I love certain people in my life, but at some point, I just I just need a little breather, and I have no doubt, no doubt. That there are times when my wife is just like, you know, especially like, oh, my God, you're married to Jack. He's so funny. She's like, yeah, he's fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, Live with I him. Just, I, just need him, I just need him to go away for a yeah. little while. Yeah, he's fun at parties, but not at seven in the morning. <laughs> I, I am Debs. She's so cold. There you go. There you go. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, Sorry. Sorry. Uh, uh, 
I, I've, I've laid down the, 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 the law, the podcast Scott, you know, law. We, 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 need, we need to get a jar that every time I play the guitar, I have to put a dollar in the jar. Yes. Yeah. No, you say, what does that add up? You're going to, it's going to me. This of isn't course. a jar where like, uh, nah. of course, uh, you know, you know where it's going. It's going to my fund to be able to buy, to buy some great white hot sauce. Hey, there you go. Okay. So. I, I, I'm going to try to figure out how to word this one. So the strokes admitted to, and now let me finish in case you already might yeah. know this. Yeah, go ahead. They admitted to kind of stealing the beginning of a song when they played this song. Right. So this is the strokes. Last night. They admitted stealing from a very popular song. So that's that's basically it, right? That that's that's the riff that they kind of stole. Do you know what song that was stolen from? I, I don't know the story. I haven't read the articles. I love this album. The The Strokes' first record, if you haven't listened to it, is a fantastic record. I've always, always thought that it reminded me of American Girl by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Bingo. Right? That's my boy. That's my boy. So, you know, uh, 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 let me finish what I'm about to say. Then I get a comment about about uh, Mr. Petty. Um, so it, it winds up that they they admitted to it, and then when Tom Petty kind of found out about it, he was like, "Yeah, okay, they're cool with that. I got no beef with them." <laughs> He's like. He can have it. He's like, I don't have any problem. It doesn't bother me, you know. So, well, go ahead. Um, so Tom Petty, I would love to one day get a compilation of easy. I can hear that. A compilation of the the thing he does in like almost every other song, where he does this. Uh huh. Or oh, or, you know those little things that, that only Tom Petty throws into his songs. I love that. It's like I I, I always thought like you could pick out ten songs and he does those little uh huh or you know oh the, 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 in the like kind of fading away from the mic type stuff. I've always wanted, but it's <laughs> a fucking tedious process. But I think it would be cool to kind of maybe I'll work on a project and then test you on what. Tom Petty song, did he go, uh? uh all of them. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, so so we, we, have, we have a couple of directions that we can go with in this conversation. Uh, first and foremost, in terms of the Strokes, you know, a, right. lot, a lot of people our age, they don't really even know the Strokes. But the Strokes are an amazing, amazing band. Now, some people dismiss the Strokes because they kind of, um, they they've kind of ridden on the coattails of their family. 
like Juliana Casablancas, who's the lead singer of the Strokes, his dad owned Casablancas Records. Who's who's the t- the two big acts that were on Casablancas Records? That would be Kiss and, and uh, opposite, opposite end of Summer. the spectrum. Yeah, boom! Good for you. This is a virtual high five. Yeah, buddy. Look at me. <laughs> Good for you, <laughs> Albert. Albert Hammond, his dad. It never rains in California. Oh, yeah. Okay. A lot of a lot of their um, you know, their dads were in the industry or in the music business or whatnot. So they kind of get dismissed to a certain extent because they had an in. But the reality right. of it is, especially their first two or three records are just fantastic. And that first record, this is it, is a flawless record. There is not one bad song on that album. It is just absolutely fantastic. And just one little side story about that. Deb and I went and saw them at the Orpheum Theater. We had great seats. We we're probably maybe six or seven rows from the stage. And Julian Casablancas was drunk. And I mean drunk. But was still singing. The band sounded great and whatnot. And at one point, Julian Casablancas decided that he was going to walk into the audience. And he was balancing himself on the backs of the chairs in the audience. Ah. And fell over in Deb's seat. <laughs> and he sat in her seat and sang a song and a half. Like right right there. It was absolutely fantastic and hilarious and fun. It was great. The, o- the only brush with fame my, my wife has had, the good doctor has had, was uh, Puddle's Pity Potty brought her and my daughter up on stage. And they, she played the air drums. <laughs> Oh, that's not the only brush for, with fame. I understand that she's got a close personal relationship with the king of Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, he's doing, doing a show right after this. It's, it's, uh, I can't wait to see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And for the podcast listeners, you have no idea what we're talking about. So we'll move on from that stupidity called the king of Facebook show on Facebook. See you every Friday night at 9 o'clock. But, but moving on, you know, in terms of Tom Petty, you know what? I, I ran into a, a few people recently. One of which, who is a big music fan, who hates Tom Petty, just thinks that he's too simplistic, you know, not complicated. And and this is a woman that that is a musician. She plays guitar. Uh, she's played out in the kind of coffee house circuit. And I I thought that everybody loved Tom Petty. I mean, you know, there's nobody that's more. American, nobody that has a you know deeper catalog and has catchier tunes. And she was like, "He is bullshit." And I, and I was like, that. "I I don't agree with it in any way, shape, or form." I thought Tom Petty is an icon and a legend. Ask the he original some incredible for stuff the, for the Heartbreakers. <laughs> Evidently, he wasn't simple enough for Tom Petty, so they kicked him to the curb. I forget his name, Stan Lynch. Yeah, yeah, he he wasn't wasn't uh, wasn't holding up his techniques yeah. were fading. So I guess Tom Petty's simplicity wasn't simple enough. Do you, you ever get to see him? I did. I saw him um, saw him once in Southern California, and then I saw him again. Uh, da, 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 da. I saw, I forget where else I saw him. It might have been might have been down here. I'm not sure. I'm not yeah, sure. I, Tom Petty, I, you know, I saw him at least a half dozen times and always yeah. put on just an amazing show. I mean, such a catalog, so many great hits. 
it's got you know got experimental tried to do different things tried to change it up but was always able to write and had just a killer band mike campbell his lead guitar player yeah. is probably the most underrated lead guitar player out there and well, uh uh go ahead i was gonna say i think we have a you know we have a show coming up on tom petty i think now so let's kind of save, right. save some of that juice um for that because that's definitely a a, a good topic I saw him now, and I think I saw him once. It was in Southern California, uh, at an amphitheater, and uh, one of the only concerts I saw when I was in the Air Force. And it, it was just like the first time I saw Depeche Mode, which was at that same amphitheater. So we're talking. I was in Southern California from like ninety three to ninety five, ninety two and a half to ninety five. So, um. You you listen, you're at the show and you listen, you go, Oh fuck, I forgot about that song. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that song. Yeah. And you just listen and you go, fuck me. Like, you know, same thing. Depeche Mode was more surprising because there Tom Petty was was around since we were kids for the most part. You know, the seventies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh Depeche Mode, we came out in the late in the the eighties more so. But uh, um yeah, yeah, it was definitely uh uh, a great show, a great show. That was a the Tom Petty, and I know we're going to talk about him in a future episode. But that was a tough loss, surprising loss, surprising loss. That you know thought he had his shit together, yeah. Um, but that 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 was a that was a tough one. Yeah, that was a tough one. All right, so uh, moving along. So, who holds what group holds the record, the Guinness World Record? For having the longest running fan club. Ooh. 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 If you okay, okay. Listen, if you pull this one off, when you and Deb come to visit Casa Casa McVera 2.0, I will buy you the biggest steak at Ruth's Chris. That that's a hundred and twenty dollar steak. Okay. If you pull this one off. The longest running fan club group, yeah. group, group, or individual performer. Group, group. Look at I'm putting okay. some some stake on this, so I'm not going to give you that many hints. <laughs> uh, oh God, you're going to get uh, it. Uh, no, you uh, are. Uh, are we going back to the fifties? You, you I, think I, I'm got? All right, let's just say it's not a fifties band. Uh maybe. No, and I'll even say it's not a 60s band. Okay. Active I, act, active fan club? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I gave you more info than I wanted to. Well, I I know the I know the fan club that I've been involved in in the longest which is Aeroforce 1, which is Aerosmith. But I would I would have to probably go back to I don't know I'll I'll go obvious and just say the Beatles. <laughs> See the the disadvantage of doing a live show is the answer was right on the comments. Oh, was it? Yeah, look at the comments, Dean Farron. Thanks for almost costing me a hundred and twenty dollars steak, Dean Farron. Queen. <laughs> Queen, yeah. Oh my god. 
<laughs> Queen yeah. Queen Farron got the answer right. <laughs> Queen <laughs> Queen Farron. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I think of Come that? Come on, it was it was right there. It's right there on the comments, like I said. Queen Farron instead of Dean. <laughs> he's, he's been promoted from a Dean to a Queen. <laughs> wow. That's beautiful. So so Queen's Queen's fan club has been around longer than Aerosmith's? Yeah. Active. Active. So, uh. you know, that means it's the same fan club, probably run by the same people. However, Guinness Book of World Records, what did he say? Queen Farron said, I'm not a fan of that nickname. Uh, Queen Farron. Tough shit. Tough shit. Tough shit. Tough shit. Deep Farron. Deep Farron. Quick, 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 quick. All right, all right. That, that, that was 12 minutes last episode. Don't, don't think you're getting 12 minutes of show now. <laughs> Do you know what... Who's William Bailey? William Bailey. Who's William Bailey? Axel Rose. All right. Do you know what the acronym Axel Rose? The, the, the Axel Rose an, what an an acronym Axel Rose is for? Did I even say that? Uh, no, I don't. It's typical juvenile rock and roll. You know, I think we talked. You had said something about. I forget what we were talking about, and you're like, that's so juvenile. It was a couple, some episodes ago about how rocks, oh, about how Sammy Yeager wanted to name an album, Fuck You. Yeah. And you're like, that's juvenile. Like, you know, why would you want to do something stupid like that? So uh, Axl Rose is an anagram for oral sex. Oh, you're cool, man. Uh, Stupid. (laughs) Axl Rose is a fucking asshole. I'm sorry. Yeah, I agree. I agree. He's, you know, I'm not. I'm not genius? saying. Is not not saying that. Yeah, no. not saying that he's not a talented guy and you know and whatnot. But look at what did he do without Guns and Roses? Fucking nothing. Nothing. He didn't break out on his own like Paul McCartney or even George Harrison or Ringo. Even had a bigger solo career than Axl Rose. You know. Yeah, but, but bigger doesn't mean better. Hey, Ringo, don't, don't, hey, listen, don't knock Ringo, buddy. He's still got he listen, that motherfucker tour with that all-star band. He's had some of the greats yeah, with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's had some of the greats, but that, that's not Ringo reflective knew his of his role. Ringo hold on a second. Hold, hold, hold no, no, on. No, no, you hold on. You hold on. on. You, you hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. You Ringo, his solo stuff just makes me cringe. Now, the all-star band, you know, credit. Somebody came up with the bright idea. Ringo, we're going to surround you with amazing, amazing musicians. We're going to let them do their greatest hits. And then you're going to do the half dozen songs that the Beatles let you do and the other bullshit stuff that you put out in the 70s and everybody will be happy. Most of the time, people are just happy to see Ringo. People want to be in the presence of a Beatle. I don't believe you. (laughs) I liked Ringo's songs. Which 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 no, Ringo? No, 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 I which, don't. No more. I, I love all his horrible, horrible. Come on, dude. No, no, Ringo no, 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 no. That okay. song is total bullshit. Ringo knew his 
role. He knew his. Yeah, he knew his. Yeah, behind his, the drum set, the biggest mistake the Beatles ever made was letting him sing. Aside from, with a little help from my friends, <laughs> Ringo. Come on, you don't like this song? Okay. No, I don't. Come on, man. Come on. You how can you not like this song? You're lying. You now you're just trying to stick to your guns. Now you just now you're just making it up. Listen to the pipes on this guy. I I get it. I get it. Yeah. Let the master sing, will you? Nothing you can do if you want to sing the blues and you know it. Come don't on, man. Come. We're talking. All right. don't, no, don't no, no, no. Listen, listen. Not, not for nothing. In all honesty, I, I actually kind of like that song. <laughs> no, I no, no, no. <laughs> you lost me. You lost me. Come on, man. There it is. This, this, this is uh, the masterpiece. Horrible. <laughs> it's the masterpiece. No, no, you, you know what? <laughs> that that half-ass reggae singing. <laughs> yeah. Scott, 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 you know, you know what is the the ultimate indication that that's a shitty song? They what? used to play it on Doctor Demento. <laughs> and that that half-ass reggae song sung by a white Liverpoolian. No, 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 no. That song is horrible. <laughs> okay. So let's move on. <laughs> I love even, Ringo. Come on, man. Even John. You know, Morrissey, my, my man, Mar- let's move on. Don't You're not going to do your Ringo imitation. I'm not no, gonna. I must do my Ringo imitation. John, John thought that song was horrible as well. See, stick to your Billy Madison voice, will you? That's okay. <laughs> okay, don't. Okay. I think that 12 minutes really got to you, buddy. I think it really got to you. So my man Morrissey was once invited to appear on the show Friends, but he declined because he didn't want to sing with Phoebe. Now, first of all, I don't even know who fucking Phoebe is. I've never watched 10 minutes of that show in my life, and I never will. So I think it's funny. Why? Wait a minute. Why won't you? What, what is this hard line in the say? You will listen to Ringo Starr's solo shit, but you won't watch an episode of Friends. No. One of the most iconic series. Ridiculous. It's, just, it's canned laughter. It was, I, that's why I only watched 10 minutes. And I was like, this is, this is dumbed down, dumbed down to the, to the, to the ump degree humor. It, it, I don't know what people were, were all excited about. I watched it. I was like, this is, Dumb humor for dumb people. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> I said it. So, so Mar- Mar- Marcy's principles wouldn't allow him to be on Friends. He didn't want to sing with. They were gonna. He was supposedly, I guess, gonna do a duet with Free. So this is you know, Marcy was at his his peak in in the early nineties. That's when he was really like you know. And I guess that's was that when Friends was popular. I, in the I, early '90s, I think. I, I think so. Yeah. All the blonde girls were walking around with this this haircut, this the the blonde thin blonde lady that was on the show. 
I don't know. I just remember saying it's, it's ridiculous. A, it's a, that's a great articulate observation. Very, very good, Scott. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> okay. What is what is the you in the got to get you into my life? What or who is the you in the Beatles song got to get you into my life? So who is Paul McCartney referring to? Yeah. Who or what is Paul McCartney referring to when he says in the song, got to get you into my life? I think it's a religious reference. <laughs> Marijuana. Marijuana? Marijuana. Well, like I said, it was a religious reference. Okay, I'll give you, okay, you Oh, my that. God, I'm stoned. <laughs> who was the who was the highest paid musician at Woodstock? Uh, oh, that's a good question. I will They guess. made a whopping $18,000. I'm I'm going to guess Sly Stone. Nope. Okay, let, let me guess one more. One more. Wait a minute. Hold on. Let me think. Hold on. Hold on a second. Wait. <laughs> Hold on. Um, let me see. Wait a minute. Um, Jimi Hendrix. There you go. Yeah, but but what was the big mistake that Hendrix made? He insisted. He he insisted on closing the show. So you know the rumors are that that there were anywhere between three and five hundred thousand people at the height of Woodstock. And when Hendrix closed the show because he insisted on closing the show, which was, you know, Sunday morning or Monday morning or some shit like that, there was like 30,000, which is not a small crowd, but certainly not the huge, enormous, historic, iconic crowd that was there. Hold on one second. Yeah. Well, Jack goes and becomes a lion tamer. Yeah. Well, I mean... I don't think he realized that people would be dumping out that fast either. I think yeah, everybody wants to finish the show, you know? No. What you, no, do you live in? What are you living? Fucking Salem's lot? And <laughs> creaking doors and squeaky floors? So I live in a hundred-year-old house. Look at you. Uh, who was the act that went on right before Jimi Hendrix? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, I got good questions. Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna throw a guess out there and say uh, Leslie Leslie Weston Mountain. No, it is probably the uh, most unsuspecting group you would ever think number one to be at Woodstock, and it was. I how's this? They had a TV show in the '70s, and it was uh. actually pretty popular for a little while. There was multiple people in the group. I think there's probably like six. Oh, six. whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, I, I got it. I got, you got it. it. You got it. Shanana. That's my boy. I led you down that path. But yes, Shanana. Shanana. Went on before Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, it's, it's, just, it's just like, you know, Jimi Hendrix's first tour of the United States. He opened for the Monkees. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, who people are putting in the monkeys? People are putting in Alan Alan, Alan Cooper. I don't know. I think I think they meant Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper. Oh no, it's his brother Alan. 
Alan Cooper. Yeah. Alan Cooper was he was a mad, but he did that song "Schools In" and "Schools In." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And "Welcome to My uh, Dream." Yeah, Welcome I'm 16. I'm, yeah. I'm 16. I'm 16. I'm 16. I want to yeah. be erected. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's the opposite of desperado? Uh, I'm not desperate. I'm not <laughs> non-desperate. I'm really. Uh, here's my new tune. I'm really popular. Who holds the record for most Rolling Stone covers? Ooh. On the cover of the Rolling Stone. I I am gonna ge- I am gonna guess and say Bob Dylan. All right, I'm gonna guess and say. Hold, hold on, on, hold on, hold on. No, keep going. <laughs> I had to get you back. Jeez, <laughs> uh, that's a good one. John Lennon. You get a quarter of a point. Paul McCartney. Now you get 50% of a point, half a point. Ringo Starr. Now you get three quarters of a point. Uh, Pete Best. (laughs) Stuart Sutcliffe. Yeah. The Beatles. The Beatles. The Beatles. Yeah, yeah, but wait a minute. You framed that question incorrectly. You said person. I said who holds the record for most Rolling Stone covers. It's it's not. you, You could have said which band. Oh, listen, sore loser. Okay. <laughs> uh, so Bono got his name from a hearing aid store in the center of Dublin where he grew up. His previous pseudonyms were Bona, Bona Vox of O'Connell Street, Bona Vox, Bono Vox, and originally, do you know what his original, what he originally called himself? Sting. No. Well, okay. Let's just say the first two letters were right. right. Stang? Stunk? Stunk? S- Strunk? No. Stringo Star? Let's shut the fuck up. Listen. <laughs> St- uh, I'm going to pronounce this. It's all one word. Um, Steen, Hegva, Hoya, and Sorley, bang, bang, bang. So that is Gaelic for asshole. I'm an idiot. Yeah, I'm an idiot. I'm a pompous idiot who's going to go on to get nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Because I could talk in front of a crowd. <laughs> uh, the Cardinals lead the Padres 3-0 in the first. Who gives a shit? Who, are, we, are we boring him that he's much? He's Rob, Robert, Robert Kirkman. Like, duh, 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 look at what I'm going to do. Hey, hey, hey. Live more, streaming, more, people. Live streaming. Who's more the like first Robert, band? Robert Jerkman. <laughs> to go along with Queen Farron. <laughs> They're not going to like this. I'm sorry. I don't Dean, care. Dean's a good dude. Um, Robert Kirkman's just okay. <laughs> uh, what band was the first band to ever promote a new album through a billboard ad? Ooh. And for all the people out there watching, Google is a wonderful tool, isn't it? Someone's going to pop up right now. All right, I'm going to I'm going to guess and say the doors. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Whoa. Look at you. Check out the brain on Brad. You're a smart motherfucker. What movie was that from? Pulp Fiction. All right. If you didn't get that, I was cutting you off. Uh, let's see. Do you do you mind if I have a bite of your tasty burger? <laughs> okay. All right. 
this one's kind of you know. great soundtrack, by the way. Oh, it's a fantastic soundtrack. I mean, absolutely fantastic. There's a, there's a song on there that's not in the movie though, because there's a, mo- a song in the movie that they couldn't put on the soundtrack. So, um, who was who was who's becoming more? How can I how can I phrase this? Who's becoming? Uh, is getting more traction for being the original king of rock and roll. And this is this is since he died, it's it's gained more traction. This there's been talk of this, and and I and I I tend to agree with it. Well, I I mean I'll give I don't know if this is the right answer, but I'll give you my opinion. I mean, it, like grunge or like punk or like you know some other forms of, of music. You know, everybody tries to pick like. You know they they say that rock around the uh, rock around the clock was the first rock and roll song. It, probably not true. There's probably a number of songs that could be regarded as rock and roll prior to that. You know the Sex Pistols and the Ramones are regarded as the first people that did punk, and you can go back to the MC5. You can go back to the Stooges. You can go back to the, the Damned, Thirteenth Floor Elevators, or yeah. the Damned, or a bunch of other bands. So you know it's it's not. And it's not an easy thing to airmark. So, you know, when I think of like who originated, you know, rock and roll, I mean, to me, it's Chuck Berry. I concur. Yeah. But, but you could, you could throw in little Richard. You could throw in Jerry Lee Lewis. You could throw in fats Domino. You could throw in uh, Louis Jordan. You could go back in the day, and you could actually say that it was Robert Johnson. That's that wasn't rock and roll. Not, okay. not, not as rock and roll was was born. Rock and roll was born out of all of that. Yes. Yeah. You could you could but, also say it was Big Joe Turner. Nah, I think I, it's it's got to be Chuck Berry. He was the first one to come with the electric guitar. He was the one that was out there. You know, I mean, his songs and, and Little Richard and Jerry Lee Lewis. Um. You can almost say that Jerry Lee Lewis could have, he was kind of in, uh, in that kind of middle ground between rock and maybe rockabilly type sounds, you know, um, little Richard. Yeah. He, he's a, he's a contender. He's definitely a contender, but I, I, I gotta also go with Chuck Berry. I was a big Chuck Berry fan when I was a kid too. Loved, loved Chuck Berry. I had like One of three my fa- of his eight tracks. Yeah. When I was a kid, but my favorite eight track was Chuck Berry, the London Sessions, which was half a live album and half studio. And the, the studio stuff was not great, but the live stuff was My Diggling. My Diggling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that was a hit, though. That was on the radio. It, it, was his, it was his biggest hit. Yeah. It was his biggest hit. It was pretty clever, though, for its time, you know? Yeah. That was the 70s. The 70s was probably the, uh, the decade uh, of camp, you know? campiness no, no no question and you know chuck berry i agree you know probably let, let's put it this way he's definitely one of the forefathers of rock and roll definitely got screwed yeah. and was jaded as a result i mean he turned into a really hard man he was uh, not, originally wanted to be a photographer he was he was not a nice guy 
No, he he originally wanted to be a photographer. Then he he, he kind of stumbled into rock and roll, and then he got caught up in all that uh, that kind of controversy. Which thank God it was the eighties for him, or maybe early nineties, and it wasn't today. Of the uh, the filming the girls in the bathroom stuff. Yeah, he he pursued his pursued his love of photography. Photography, yeah, yeah. Uh, he got caught up in all that, but you know what? Someone like that, um, it's hard to taint them in the long run. You know, stuff like that. Those incidents fall by the wayside. Look, you know, look, you know, geniuses that are authors or painters and musicians—they're complicated people, and it's not as clean as as you would like. I mean, even somebody like John Lennon, who preached for peace and whatnot, was a complicated guy, and back in the day, used to beat his wife. Yeah. yeah allegedly allegedly yeah. so but, you know and, and remember you know i've told you my story that i met chuck berry he was a childhood idol of mine and i drove three hours to go see him out in northampton massachusetts and went and saw him play and left the venue a little bit early in the hopes that i would be able to take a picture of him talking about photography and i waited outside the back stage door and there were two guys ahead of me, both of them holding Gibson guitars. And he came out. There he was, Chuck Berry, in person, my idol as a kid. And the two guys asked him to sign their guitars, and he said no. And he came to me, and I said, Mr. Berry, longtime fan. You've been an idol of mine forever. Would you mind if I took your picture? And he said, you can take it, but I ain't posing for it. And he pushed me out of the way. And I got a... <laughs> I got a blurry ass photo. He got pushed by a 75 year old guy. <laughs> That's a better story. than just. It is a picture. much better story. It is so much better than, than if I had said, Hey, I got a look. I took a picture of Chuck Berry. It is so much better that no Chuck Berry pushed me out of the way. <laughs> Did you know that at the two minute and 58 second mark of the song, Hey Jude, Paul McCartney yells out, oh, fucking hell, because he made a mistake what, uh, while he was playing. And you is can it, actually it, hear it. Really? Yes. It, at the 258 mark, you'll hear in the in the deep background, because he's, he's doing a lot of background vocals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, all that. And you, I, I went back and I listened to it. And I'm like, yeah, there it is at the two oh, minutes. Man, minute. I wish you could play it for us. Yeah, I don't think I it, it wouldn't you have to really listen. You have to really listen. But it's there. It's definitely I, there. It's mixed in with everything else, but once it's pointed out, you you hear it. I I love that stuff. I love love those little, you know, easter eggs, those little mistakes like, you know, a lot of people don't catch that at the beginning of Roxanne when he was recording it. Sting that, ends up he he sat on the piano. Yeah. And oh, he, that, yeah, that's that what, ting. Yeah. That's, that's where he goes. <laughs> yeah, all right. He he plays it off and keeps going, and they kept it in there. I think that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. The album P- Pet Sounds. The album Pet Sounds. The Beach Boys. Do you know how the name came about? Uh, pet Sounds, Pet Sounds, Pet Sounds. No. Brian Wilson showed the... Uh, Another total asshole, Mike Love, he showed him the new material. And Mike Love responded, who the hell is going to listen to this? The ears of a dog? Uh, <laughs> to one of the greatest albums 
ever made. Mike Love is a fucking asshole with the capital fucking in front of it. That dude, for some reason, always has a major chip on his shoulder. Yeah, he's an edgy guy. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> what is the album, the Van Halen album, 5150? What, what, what is that named after? So it is named after the Los Angeles police code for somebody that is in psychiatric psychiatric distress. That's the rumor. That's what everybody thinks it is. It's actually named after his PV amp, a 5150, which was built exclusively for him. Yeah. That's what it's named after. I'm going to challenge that one. All right. Have at it. Pick it up on the show. Prove me wrong. I'm going to challenge that one. Don't question. I mean, I know you liked all that. You know, everybody says 5150 means he's crazy. Nah, his PV amp was a 5150 made just for him. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. All right. We'll see. Who plays the guitar on While My Guitar Gently Weeps? Eric Clapton. Yeah, that's an easy one, right? So I got a little Bono uh, thing. Sunday Bloody Sunday originally started with the phrase, don't talk to me about the rights of the IRA. But then they ultimately changed it, figuring not a smart move. Not a smart move. <laughs> At that time. So they changed the original lyrics, don't talk to me about the rights of the IRA, to I can't believe the news today. Yep. Yeah. When Phil Kelly, we got to have our our regular Phil Kelly reference. Yeah. When Phil Kelly and I went out and saw you two at, I think it was the Providence. No, it was the Worcester Centrum. And we had not enough money to get back home. And we got, we convinced this cab driver to take us as far as he could. And the whole time, the Irish cab driver was trying to convince us that you two was in business solely to raise money for the cause in the IRA. <laughs> I, I think he dropped us off, you know, like at, at the edge of Boston, like right where, right where the mass turnpike kind of starts in like Alston. And we had to make our way back from there. Ah, well, that's uh, uh, me, me, Phil Kelly and Jim Hurley went to see um, uh, what's his name. I always draw blanks on this shit when I go to do this. Um, Mike Love? No. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what's his name? Played with traffic. I, how can I Steve Winwood. Steve Winwood at Providence Civic Center in February. Jim Hurley's keys get stolen by some little gnat. And uh, he was the ride home. And so there's three of us and with two jackets on the side of the highway and with thumbing at like 1130 at night. And some guy picks us up in a... Uh, Literally at eleven thirty at night, twelve it must have been twelve, maybe even twelve thirty, on like a Thursday night, picks us up in a television repair van. Right? This guy, he said, Where you going? He said, We're going to Boston. All right. <laughs> so he takes us to Boston in this van. At one point, he stops at a a, 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 a like a store twenty-four, goes in to get, I don't know, a pack of smokes. One of us, and I won't say, starts rummaging through looking for his stash and all the drawers oh. with the screws and nuts. 
and then starts looking for the keys because they wanted to steal the van. I'm not going to say whose idea that was. And of course, it didn't happen. The guy takes us through the worst part of Boston, and now I know why he knew exactly how to get there. He was a crackhead. And I'm like, dude, do you know, like, Roxbury, where I'm from, I said, do you know where you are? Oh, yeah, I know exactly where I am. Listen, nothing better than a tweaker picking you up at 1230 to take you to the train station in Boston. Dude, that was a lifesaver. At 1230, you'll take the ride from whoever you can. And we almost took the ride from him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Slashes from, from Guns N' Roses, who we referenced earlier, uh, his favorite song is, is this. It's, it's this song. You know, you know this song, right? So he first heard it at a girl's house. He went. He was. He was trying to hit on her. He wanted to hook up with her. He went to her house, and she breaks out a joint. She throws on the album "Rocks," right? To which he decides, "I could give a shit about this girl. Who the fuck is this playing?" Right? So. This was his influ- influence. This song was his influence. Now, to continue that story, Joe Perry played that on a Les Paul standard, right? It came into Slash's hands through however means. Now, Joe Perry, he said the guitar was originally stolen. His ex-wife will say she got it in a divorce. So she sells it. It ends up getting into Slash's hands. Are you playing the guitar? No. Okay. So it ends up as uh, Joe Perry finds out. He's like, hey, man, you know, give me the give me the guitar, man. You know, I'll buy it back from you. Slash is like, hell no. Hell no. Come on, man. Don't be an asshole. No. He, never, he didn't sell it to him. Never sold it to him. But on Joe Perry's 50th birthday... Slash handed it to him as a birthday present. So it ended up back home. I'm sure he had that planned all along. Like, this would be a great birthday present. Because that's his idol. That, that was his idol. Joe well, Perry. yeah, you know, not that this is overly important, but the very first time that I saw Guns N' Roses, they opened for Aerosmith. Right. There you go. There you go. What right, a double coming bill. Up on, uh, we we, we kind of, I have a lot more stuff that we'll save for another time. So, because I got a live stream at nine o'clock again, so and you do too. So let's uh, let's get into. Uh, let's see, let's see. Da da da. Uh uh uh. Where did I put all that stuff? All right. On this day, right? Da da da. On this day. In 1969, the media on both sides of the Atlantic were running stories that said Paul McCartney was dead. He was supposedly killed in a car accident in Scotland on November 9th, 1966, and that a double had been taking his place for public appearances. When, in fact, Paul and his girlfriend, Jane Asher, were on vacation in Kenya at the time. So, you got that. On this day in 1978, the video for Queen's single, Bicycle Race, uh, 
was filmed at Wimbledon Stadium in Wimbledon, UK. It featured 65 naked female professional models racing around the stadium's track on bicycles, which had been hired for the day. The rental company was reported to have requested payment for all the bicycle seats when they find out how their bikes had been used. (laughs) And I'm sure they resold them. (laughs) Uh, On this day in 1991, Guns N' Roses. And what's today? Today is September... 17th? 17th, because this is when we're recording this podcast. So, uh, in 1991, Guns N' Roses, over 4 million copies of Guns N' Roses' album, Use Your Illusion 1 and Use Your Illusion 2, Money Grab, a.k.a. Money Grab. Uh, It should have been one record. It would have been an amazing one record. Were simultaneously released for retail sale, making it the largest ship out in pop history in the U.S., on this day in 1996, a bomb was found at a South London sorting office addressed to Icelandic singer Bjork. That little imp. I like her. <laughs> I like Bjork, too. Yeah. Police in Miami had alerted the post office after finding the body of Ricardo Lopez, who made a video of himself making the bomb and then killing himself. Have you ever watched that video? <laughs> no. No. I've seen it. It's horrible. Really? It's not, I like the video that filters song Nice Shot. Don't hey don't man, ever nice watch shot. Don't ever watch that video, man. It's terrible. Oh, there's a couple of bad videos. I will talk off the air. There's one that I heard of last night that I just heard the description of it and gave me the fucking heebie jeebies. Like the no heebie jeebies, the hoobie jubies. Now this one was a disturbing description of the video, and it's like I don't know, I wouldn't even want to see this thing. But anyways, back to the music. Born on this day in 1923, Hank Williams. Born Hiram King Williams. The American singer, songwriter, and musician is regarded as one of the most important country music artists of all time. Williams recorded 35 singles, five released posthumously, that would be that would place in the top 10 of the Billboard Country and Western bestsellers chart. That's when it was good, when it was country and western, including 11 that ranked number one during his last year's Williams' consumption of alcohol, morphine, and painkillers severely compromised his professional life, and he died age at age 29 on January 1st, 1953. <clears throat> Touring as a rock musician, as glamorous as it might seem on the outside, must be a hard, hard thing. And can you imagine having to do that back in the day where most of the time he was just in a car? He wasn't even in a touring van that had a bed. And he had a horrible, horrible, bad back. Um, yes, those those were hard days. And remember, you know, you're talking about a car back then. So, you know, the heat was spotty. You know, the car seats were not that comfortable and not. This is a hard life, you know. So, you know, people may criticize people that indulged and self-medicated back in the day. But that's not not an easy life. And I'll tell you, Hank Williams and people talk about being country fans right now. What they listen to is not country. It's glorified pop music, and it's not that great, at no, least in not. my opinion. I agree. I, 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 I think if you, I, I think if you look at uh, country music in its purest form, if you listen to somebody like Hank Williams, some of those songs are just absolutely beautiful. "I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry" is one of the saddest songs ever. Ever great songwriter. They, a ever lot written. of those guys were. They make yep. today's guys look like the trash that they are. So. Yep. Born on this day in 1950, Mr. 
Quaalude himself, Fee Wable of the Tubes. <laughs> and uh, let me see. In 1983, they had the hit She's a Beauty, which is a good, that's a good song. It still holds up. Yeah. Uh, they had some good hits in the 80s, but this one, and we'll go out on this one, is their anthem. The greatest side two in the history of records. The Tube's debut album. Absolutely greatest side two in the history of records. If you've never listened to it, go listen to it. It's a phenomenal side two. Side one doesn't even exist on that album. So with that, Scott the IT guy sent our outro. And I'll read it from the screen. Good show, by the way, buddy. Good show, Jack. Hey, thank you. Good show to you as well. Yeah, good show. It was, it was kind of a Seinfeld show. It was a show about nothing. We still got maybe we'll maybe we'll do this again next because we still got a lot to talk about. Oh, we got it's a lot a of free stuff. That, yeah, yeah. So we got years to do this podcast. I said <laughs> years. Oh no, yeah, Jesus buddy. Christ! You're not going anywhere. Oh my God! So to quote our favorite IT guy. Scott, the IT guy. That's all she wrote. Thanks for watching and supporting the show. Make sure to buy some hot sauce, great white hot sauce. Like and subscribe and have yourselves a great night, everybody. And if you want to email the show, milkcratesandturntables at gmail.com. Goodbye, everybody. All right, Jackie. Hang in there. We're going live again in about five minutes. All right. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs>